And now your host. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And again, I want to thank you for listening to us on Saturday nights on 620 AM, 1640 AM, and 93.5 FM in the tri-state area. Every week, our audience is growing, so thank you. And I also want to thank those who download us internationally, anytime, anywhere, from the various podcast outlets we are heard on, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Podbean, and Jewish Podcast out of Israel. We have a very special show tonight, a show that I am personally uh, affected by as a fan of reality television. It is no secret that I am friends with Siggy Flicker. Many of you know that we have been friends for many years, and she is one of our guests. And our other guest is also a friend of mine, Elise Slane. So we have a huge show tonight. Let's get started. Welcome into my corner. Every day, headlines are being made about the plummeting ratings of the shows on Bravo TV. Honestly, I'm not surprised. I am one of the people in the audience that is tuned off. I must admit that I love reality television. I personally think that Caitlyn Jenner running for governor in California and running on the idea of business growth and free enterprise and the American dream is amazing because nobody represents success in reality television and the ability to build a business from basically TV and social media better than Caitlyn Jenner and the Kardashians. If it wasn't for Caitlyn Jenner and the Kardashians, there would be no Real Housewives. Think about it. However, the Real Housewives has become a real jackhole with no mazel. Many of us cannot do drinking alert games because we are so unhappy. We drink way too much if we watch an entire show lately. It's no secret in the headlines that there are rumors of shutdowns, of filming, that cast members are unhappy, that there are rumors of shakeups and casting in multiple uh, housewife franchises. And to many of us, it's not a surprise. We want to be entertained when we put on a television, go to a live event, listen on the radio, which is something I try to do here. We always knew how Andy Cohn and his production team felt politically. 
we got a very good taste of it in 2016 on The Real Housewives of New York when some of the castmates were really upset that Hillary Clinton lost. We went along with it. And you know what? We even supported their views by continuing to watch their shows. However, lately, it's not entertainment. It's a lecture. I don't want to put on reality TV or a Real Housewives show to hear about Black Lives Matter. I get it every day in the newspaper and in the news. The two attempts to deal with Asian hate, both in Dallas and Beverly Hills, are a disaster. You can't have a season of shows talking about you're handing somebody a coat innocently and suddenly it's Asian hate and looking different and acting different. It just doesn't work. We are sick of seeing Sutton crying. The worst is by far what's going on on The Real Housewives of New York. If truth be told, I met and knew Ebony K. Williams many years ago when she was at Fox News. She was a beautiful, young, vibrant, brilliant person. I was at her book signing party. Everybody was there to support her. Black, white, tall, short, married, single, Republican, Democrat. She was fun. She was a gracious hostess. And we were all there to celebrate her. Our guests tonight are going to be talking a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes of the shows as to why this is happening. But I want to tell Andy Cohn something. If you want to continue on this route, it's not going to be with a happy ending. There will be no doorbell surprise. There will be a shut door. Andy Cohn loves to talk about his bar mitzvah, his Jewish upbringing, and his mazel of the day. But you know what hate is more going on than anything else? More hate crimes in the United States and around the world than anything else? Anti-Semitism. Why isn't he addressing anti-Semitism in the same vein he is addressing Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate? In the work I do, I incorporate it all because it's all lives matter. Because we all have to live together. And because we all watch the shows. We all want to eat at the hottest restaurants. We all want to dress in the hottest designs and know the hottest fashion designers. And we all want to party in the hottest places around the world, whether we're white or black or Asian or gay or straight or young or old or rich or poor. 
And we all want to escape when we watch these shows to have fun. I must admit, I have met Ramona Singer. And we have a lot of mutual friends. And a lot of our friends, including one of tonight's guests, who doesn't always get along with Ramona, actually agrees with Ramona this season. I want to have fun. I want to play a game. I want to get on a table and dance after being stuck in a house all year with COVID. So we had to address being we are entertainment and celebrity. We had to address because so many of our fans love the housewife shows and are contacting me to do something in regard to what's going on. We had to address the issues of what is making headlines every single day. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but not in the way that it's being betrayed on The Real Housewives. Yes, Asian hate crimes matter, but not in the way it's being addressed in Beverly Hills and Dallas. And the last I heard, it is an individual's right to vote how they want in this country. Democrat, conservative, libertarian, Republican, progressive, which a lot of the girls are these days. You know what would be really interesting? If maybe Leah or Jackie, since New Jersey, is filming, made an issue about Ben and Jerry's and stopped eating it. I mean, Leah made a big point on the first show about how she converted to Orthodox Judaism. But you know what? The storyline died because it wasn't getting any kind of uh, successful ratings they thought it would. Whose fault is that? We're going to find out from our guest what goes on behind the scenes and their suggestions to Andy Cohn. We have a very special and very big show tonight. So stay tuned. And after our first commercial, we will have our first guest. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast just ask joseph m from brooklyn remax iq made it easy no for sale sign i had offers in days i saved ten thousand dollars in commission and i was in contract fast if you are thinking of selling remax iq has created a smarter home selling experience our successful real estate agents in new york will sell your home for as little as two percent commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast to learn more call 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 we're not a discount broker we're remax iq speak with a top agent today 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 or visit remax iq.com terms and conditions apply visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer welcome back to cindy's celebrity corner and our next guest is no stranger especially to the real housewives of new york fans 
She was on for a season and she made such an impact that people are still begging for her to come back on. And we're going to find out the latest. Elise Lane, thank you for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. It's my pleasure, Cindy. I would be remiss if I didn't start off by asking you, have you been watching this season? I actually have not watched this season, but on, on Instagram, I see what's going on and I see little clips of scenes. Um, and I still talk to some of the girls. So I also was getting live updates as it was happening. As you are aware, the season has received the worst ratings, I think, of all the years. And there has been a lot of talk that its production is stalled, that there's going to be firings, uh, that uh, there's going to be a whole change in the show. Are you surprised? Um, I'm, I'm not surprised, given what I know has taken place this season that it was not a popular season. I think people don't want to be beat over the heads that they're inherently racist or always being lectured about it. People need to be aware, but New York Housewives is not, I don't think the forum for a real education on it. Um, And yes, they should have, talked about it. It was fine that they talked about it once or twice. But from what I understand, it's in every single episode. So that doesn't surprise me that the ratings are low. As far as do I think there will be a cast shakeup, you text me when the rumors were going around about Ramona being fired. And I said to you, I don't believe it because number one, production would not let that leak before the reunion. So there was no way I believed that. Do I think there'll be a cast shakeup? Fans have definitely done a 180 on Leah. Last year, she was pretty much the fan favorite. And now a lot of people have turned on her. But I think that she gets another season to sort of redeem herself. So my gut, is that no one gets fired and they add two more housewives. That's so kind of If they asked you to come back, would you go back? There's no way that Ramona and I could work together. Our relationship completely disintegrated. Um, and it went from not talking to outright hostile. So I don't see with Ramona, you know, still on the throne any place for me to come back, nor would I come back to it the way it is, even if Ramona were gone. If it was always about talking about racism and politics, I would not be interested in that. And if it was always women reaching for the juggler and fighting with one another or their drunk escapades, I wouldn't be down for that either. I would be into a show that was more like a sex in the city type show where the women could have conflict with one another, but they're really friends and they really care about one another. So it's not the mudslinging, right? Because if you had friends that treated you the way these women treat one another, you would never speak to them again. You wouldn't continually come back for more unless you're a glutton for punishment. But you know what? This was always a little bit of the formula from all the shows, but you mentioned the New York Housewives. I watched 
I'm watching Beverly Hills right now, and Dallas had it with the Asian hate, and they're throwing that down everybody's throats. So I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Now, I find it really interesting that with all the rise in anti-Semitism going on and Andy Cohn with his muzzle is always talking, you know, the Jewish jokes and everything and his mom and dad. Why aren't they doing more about anti-Semitism? Because so many of the shows have Jewish housewives. Right. Um, Well, New York doesn't have any Jewish housewives. They did, but they don't anymore. Why aren't they talking about it? I think... Politically, I think that the left does not want to acknowledge or talk about anti-Semitism. And Andy is very progressive in his political views. Therefore, I don't think he would discuss anti-Semitism. And because there's no Jewish housewife on the show, it wouldn't be brought up. Although they did start the season with Leia talking about her conversion, and that sort of went, you know, and nowhere. She received a lot of hate for that, um, not only from people who are anti-Semitic, but she received hate from Jews who objected to her sort of, uh, they thought she was exploiting Judaism for a, a storyline, which is not true since the day I met Leah she was really interested in the Jewish religion. And she has a lot of very close Jewish friends who she really looks up to and admires. And I believe Leah loves the the closeness and the family that goes along with Judaism. So I don't believe this was for a storyline. I believe she's really sincere and wanting to convert. And I said to her, why didn't you convert reform? Because she's converting... I think Orthodox. I mean, she's not going to be an Orthodox Jew, but she's converting Orthodox, which is a lot harder to do than Reformed. And she said, no, 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 because I really want to learn it. So I give her credit for it. Now, you are a daughter of a Holocaust survivor, correct? I am. So this is something that's personal to you. Yes, yes. And I am definitely vocal, not on my Instagram, but I am vocal about the rise in anti-Semitism. And I find it horrifying that I literally, I've lived in New York City my entire adult life. And right now I would be afraid to walk down the streets of Manhattan wearing a Star of David. I mean, I truly would be afraid to do it. And I remember many years ago when I was in Paris and someone had given my daughter, she was a little girl and they gave her a Star of David And a Parisian woman told me to take it off her. She said, it's not safe. She wasn't being anti-Semitic. She was like, it's not safe for your little girl to be wearing that. And I thought, oh my God, you know, and I love Paris. Never did I think it could happen in my New York, but it is. And it's in the schools. It's, and a lot of Jews are sort of turning I think, on their own, which is always baffling to me. What is the story with your uh, father? I believe he was in the camps. Yeah, my father was in a work camp. He was young. He was a teenager and he was in a work camp and then he was in a displaced person camp. His father was an expert um, furniture maker. He was a real craftsman. And so the Nazis basically kept him alive. So 
my grandfather could make furniture for them. And other family members died in Auschwitz. My dad was in Poland. Um, they lived in Zamosk. I'm probably not saying it right. But so I would have had a very big family, but I don't because they were all wiped out. And being the daughter of a Holocaust survivor definitely plays a role in who I am and how I was raised. My dad was always very stoic. To this day, he, um, he really shows no emotion. When I say I love you, he says, thank you. <laughs> so it was, um, he was always worried about, you know, putting food on the table and having a roof over, over our heads. So having any kind of emotion as a kid, that wasn't really acceptable because of what he went through. He was starving as a child and he was in a camp as a child. So he would look at us if I was upset about, you know, prom dress or something, he would think I was insane. So life goes on for you after Housewives. Yeah. Tell us what you are doing now because you are doing something in the business world that is one of the hottest topics being discussed. You're involved with cryptocurrency. Yes. So my background, this is, it's, it's not new to me post housewives. I was doing it throughout housewives. I've been trading cryptos for about six and a half years. My background is in trading. I was trading in my twenties. I was at Cantor Fitzgerald. And I also sold technical analysis. So it wasn't a big leap to jump into the crypto space. But people are freaking out because cryptos have lost close to 60% of their value. Um, several things have depressed the market. One was that there's regulation coming. China banned cryptocurrencies. People don't want regulation in crypto, although I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, it weeds out bad actors such as um, ransomware and trafficking and drugs. And then today or late yesterday, the co-founder of Dogecoin tweeted that cryptocurrency is a scam. And he called it um, a Republican a Republican um, interest, basically, and how the rich get richer. So there's a lot of news coming out on it that's depressing it and scaring people. But I believe cryptos are here to stay. And right now, what you need is a um, proof of work, right? So there was, you know, there was proof of concept, such as the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin is a way it's a digital currency like a digital gold or a digital dollar it's a stored currency and ethereum is a ledger technology so ethereum licenses out its blockchain so you could find coming up pretty quickly the way they will clear trades will be on blockchain right now it takes three days for a stock trade to clear that is archaic with blockchain it would clear within minutes mortgages, insurance companies, hospitals, every business will eventually run on a blockchain. And I'm hoping it's Ethereum's blockchain. But I actively trade it. Aside from holding a long position, an investment position, I actively trade it. I've been through this crash before. The first time it happened, it freaked me out. This time, I'm, I'm very calm and just trading the lows and then trade as it rallies. Well, uh, you certainly 
impress everybody with your knowledge. Just in the few minutes you're discussing this, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to reach out to you to find out more about this. Where can they reach out to you? On Instagram, it's at Elise Slane. And I have posts on my Instagram teaching people about cryptos and how to trade and explaining what the what cryptos are. Well, you know, you brought up Ramona's name before. I would be remiss. You recently had something on your Instagram that made headlines. Yes, Tell us true. a little bit about that because... Your name was all over the news a couple of weeks ago. I know. I actually trended. But when I was on the show, I trended twice on Twitter. And the number one spot, literally ahead of Black Lives Matter, which was shocking. And then I trended again on this. (laughs) Um, I posted a picture of me with Mario, her ex-husband. And we were at a mutual friend's party. I have known Mario for a little shy of... 25 years. So whereas everyone was shocked to see me with him, in reality, it wasn't shocking at all, because we have real history as friends. So Mario and I were talking for about an hour or so. My husband was actually taking pictures at the party, and my husband's one who took the picture. But when I posted several pictures from the party, the birthday boy, Mario, me with another woman, the internet went insane. People were saying, oh, my God, they're dating. And all these stories were out there. So. <laughs> so tell us about the real Mario in your life, your husband. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Mario. My husband is, uh, I like Mario. No disrespect to Mario. But my husband is. But the real person who should have been in the picture. The real person, my husband. He was in the next post, by the way. There was a picture of me kissing him on a dock. I don't know why people missed that. <laughs> My because husband, it wasn't juicy. <laughs> it wasn't juicy. The, the kiss was. So my husband is German, and which is interesting considering my background. He's not a German Jew. And his, he came to the U.S. on a, um, a genius visa, which literally exists. They, they take people who are geniuses and they bring them to the U.S., And his background is that he's a theoretical physicist who is an expert in string theory. So he did his post-PhD work at the Institute for Advanced Study. So that's my husband's background. He's gorgeous, um, which is icing on the cake. And he left academia. He left research. And I always tell him he went from black holes to the dark side of hedge funds. And he is a hedge fund where they're all PhDs, Russians, Germans. So I'm, um, I'm very happy. We got married three years ago. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary. Elise, any last thoughts about the housewives? Because you uh, made such an impact in one season and you know what's going on. If you could bring back somebody, who would you bring back since you don't want to come back? Um, who would I bring back? I think Bethany, probably. Um, but what I think is going on, look, I think the drinking, you know, I know people love Sonia, and there's something very innocent and endearing about Sonia. Personally, the drinking is scary, and it scared me. Um, it's nice that total strangers are amused with her 
drinking and falling down antics, but in real life, it's pretty dangerous, right? She's fallen, she's hit her head. So I talked to the producers about it last year. So I think it's something that needs to be taken seriously. And so that I think Sonia needs to work on, but I think she's funny, right? People compare to compare her to Lucy Ball with her sense of humor. She's very funny. She's definitely good TV. I don't see any of them leaving. I know Bershawn pretty well now. She and I have gotten to know one another. She's the new friend of the show. I'm also close with Barbara Kay, who was the friend of before me. And the friends definitely suffer from PTSD because we're all treated like crap. <laughs> but so what would I change? I would, I would definitely back away from the politics. And I think when they hire women, I think they really have to hire real friends. I don't think you could, they pulled in Bershawn basically to give Ramona a black friend because there was a rumor going around that Ramona was racist. And to be honest, I don't believe Ramona is racist. I think Ramona is an elitist, but she's not racist. But to pull in someone that really didn't know any of the ladies in the group and then pretend that they're good friends, I don't think that works. I think you really have to pull in women who have a real connection to one another. And then I don't think they'll be as vicious to each other either. Well, it's funny you say that because I knew Ebony when she was on Fox News like four years ago. And the Ebony that I knew is not the Ebony that I see today. And I like Ebony and I think she is a role model for young black women, but she is just not the fit for the housewives. Well, I mean, I think Ebony is a role model for all young women, right? She's a lawyer, she's smart, she's articulate. But yeah, I think what she's doing, I mean, if I walked around with every conversation that someone had with me, I'm beating them over the head about anti-Semitism, people would lose interest in me. I mean, they'd say, okay, I hear you enough already. It doesn't have to be weaved into every single conversation that we have. And I definitely think that the premise that there is today, that the, the critical race theory and basically the view that all white people are racist, I don't subscribe to that. And I believe most white people don't subscribe to that. And then they say, well, that's your white privilege. That's your white fragility. You don't even, by you not accepting that you're racist, it makes you racist. So people who really are not racist are getting tired of being accused of being racist. And also they're picking people that aren't married when it's the real housewives. Right. Yeah, Yeah, not a single. I was the only married one on the show, you know, it's been that way for years, right? So, and, and each show, it's getting that way where it's going to be less and less married people. And if it's real housewives, you want that kind of story. You want the mother issues. You, you want to see the kids. I mean, sometimes it's fun to look at the old shows and you watch how the kids grew up. I mean, you're friends with Ramona. Yeah, people, look at Avery. Right. Yeah. People watched Avery grow up on TV. And I've known Avery since she was, I don't know, four or five years old. So, yeah, I agree with you that they need the family aspect because right now it's just all about the women. And I really think that in today's environment, people just want some nice. They just want to, you know, as Dorinda would say, make it nice. I was just thinking that, make it nice. Yeah. And there's a lot of rumors she might be coming back. I believe you still keep in touch with Dorinda. 
I do. I speak with Dorinda. I speak with Leah. I speak with Bershon. I speak with Barbara. Um, could Dorinda be coming back? I would not bet against it. You know, it was, she definitely had a tough season, but people seem to want her back. And you give someone sort of time to think about where they were coming from, what would they have done differently? And you give someone a chance to redeem themselves. So everyone loves a redemption story, right? Right. Well, Luann is the best example. I think she's the only one in all the franchises that really came back from part-time to full-time. So, right. right. but anyway, we're here with Elise. She's filling us in on all the controversy this season on Real Housewives of New York, teaching us all about cryptocurrency and uh, is a proud daughter of a Holocaust survivor who is very aware of what's going on in the world with anti-Semitism and speaks up about it. Yes. So thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner, and we look forward to having you back. It is my pleasure, and thank you for having me and great topics that we're discussing. Well, thank you. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Many of you who follow me and follow our next guest know that we are friends and have been close friends for many years because many consider us trailblazers fighting for, or I guess, fighting against anti-Semitism, fighting for Israel and being proud Zionist. We were both delegates to the World Zionist Organization right before COVID hit. And I am just so lucky to have Siggy Flicker call me her friend because her story is great. From the day she was born, because she's going to share in case a few of you don't know of her story. She's going to share it now. Welcome to the show, Siggy. Thank you, Cindy. Hello, Cindela. Hi, Siggy. You are an outspoken former housewife. And I think you were the original housewife to bring up a social issue. And that was anti-Semitism. And for maybe the one or two people around the world that don't know what happened, just give them a brief synopsis about what happened to you on your second season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, Okay, so um, as everybody knows now, anti-Semitism is on the forefront, but um, anti-Semitism has always been, I feel like the Jews have always gotten a a raw deal with anti-Semitism. First of all, the Jewish people are only 15 million in the world. We're 0.2% of the population. And we have been bullied and persecuted for thousands and thousands of years. My name is Siggy, and I'm the daughter of a Holocaust scholar and survivor. So first, it's important to understand my background. Michael, I'm talking to Cindy right now. Zoom. Okay. So um, I'm the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. My father is alive today only because a priest hid him and his sisters and brothers in a convent before helping them cross over into the border into Switzerland. They were in Evian, France at the time. So growing up in a household with a father that was um, uh, dedicated his whole life to thanking righteous Gentiles. For those of you who don't know what righteous Gentiles are, they're non-Jews who hid Jews during the war, took it upon themselves to save a life. And um, my father has dedicated his life to honoring them. 
while he was at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, Israel, his department honored over 64,000 righteous Gentiles from all over the world. One of them, the priest, Simon Galay, who saved his life. Now, let's move forward. I've been a reality star and a TV personality for over 10 years. I didn't start out as a housewife. I had my own show on VH1. I was a matchmaker for many years in Manhattan. I had my own show on VH1. Um, and then from there, I went on to Wendy Williams and I did the rounds. And then I, I decided to join Housewives of New Jersey. And um, I did so. And, you know, with creating any reality show, you understand what you're signing up for. They're not, you're not signing up for five girls getting along and telling each other, you look beautiful. Oh, you look beautiful. It's not like that. So um, I'm a pretty smart girl. Um, and I knew what I was signing up for. Um, hence, what I didn't understand or what I didn't like about being um, on reality TV was the producers had a lot to do with the editing. And so manufactured storylines and fake editing and all that selective, all that fake baloney that's happening today that you see in actual real news stations was happening. And you, you understand that that's part of reality TV. So now we're moving along and I find a girl on the show that, guess what? We didn't have a ca- connection or chemistry. How about that? That's wonderful. Especially if you're creating a reality show, you want a little bit of a, you know, oh, these two girls really don't like each other. Well, you had it. Um, I did not like uh, Margaret. I was appalled by her. I found her to be vulgar. And when you're not getting along with somebody and, you know, the producers and they, they want to split up people and three to three or three to two or whatever it is, I wasn't that concerned about who was taking my side and who was not. And the whole time when I was soggy on that show, I wasn't crying because I couldn't handle myself with the girls. That was easy. I was soggy because I couldn't believe for eight hours a day, five days a week. I had to deal with production and what was happening behind the scenes, which was horrific. It was a hostile work environment, and I hated every second of it. Now, I know why that was happening, because I'm a proud Trump supporter and a conservative, but let's not even go into that. Let's go into the fact that you're not getting, you're not getting along with a girl on the show, and you're bicker back and forth. You're this. You're soggy. You're this. You put pot on your pot. Whatever it is, it was, it was disgusting, but... When you're um, at one point, we said, okay, let's just put bygones, bygones. Let's just make up. Let's just put it away. Following day, we have a scene together and we're talking about Kim D, who Margaret did not know at the time. And we're talking about going to her charity event, Dolores and I. And Margaret says, well, you know, something in reference to Hitler. Hitler wouldn't have killed me. Does that make him a good person? Now, a lot of people thought, oh, how could Siggy get upset about that? Are you kidding? I'm the only Jew in the room. And when she looks at somebody she just made up with, instead of maybe being a little bit kinder, Hitler is on her mind when looking at me. Well, I was going to have none of it. And I stood up and I fought and I, uh, I did what I had to do. And I would do it all over again, all over again. And it just shows, shows you when you stand for something in life, the gifts that God gives you in return. I would do it all over again. I would not back down from doing it. I said what I had to say, and I'm going to say it, that if on Housewives of Atlanta, if somebody was to reference the KKK to somebody like Portia, and that person was a a white, white girl saying that, oh, the media would have gone crazy. Oh, it's racism. How could she reference the KKK? They're in a fight. But 
Turn it around. When somebody references Hitler to a Jew, oh, stop complaining, you little princess. What do you have to complain about? Well, I complained. I would do it all over again, and I'm very proud of that. My parents are proud. My husband's proud. My children are proud. And um, never, never will I back down from that. And from that, the most fabulous career started. Anti-Semitism um, has always been, I feel like the Jews has, have always gotten a, a raw deal with anti-Semitism. First of all, the Jewish people are only 15 million in the world. We're 0.2% of the population. And we have been bullied and persecuted for thousands and thousands of years. My name is Siggy, and I'm the daughter of a Holocaust scholar and survivor. So first, it's important to understand my background. Michael, I'm talking to Cindy right now. Zoom. Okay. So um, I'm the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. My father is alive today only because a priest hid him and his sisters and brothers in a convent before helping them cross over into the border into Switzerland. They were in Evian, France at the time. So growing up in a household with a father that was um, uh, dedicated his whole life to thanking righteous Gentiles. For those of you who don't know what righteous Gentiles are, they're non-Jews who hid Jews during the war took it upon themselves to save a life. And um, my father has dedicated his life to honoring them. While he was at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, Israel, his department honored over 64,000 righteous Gentiles from all over the world. One of them, the priest, Simon Galay, who saved his life. Now, let's move forward. I've been a reality star and a TV personality for over 10 years. I didn't start out as a housewife. I had my own show on VH1. I was a matchmaker for many years in Manhattan. I had my own show on VH1. Um, and then from there, I went on to Wendy Williams and I did the rounds. And then I, I decided to join Housewives of New Jersey. And um, I did so. And, you know, with creating any reality show, you understand what you're signing up for. They're not, you're not signing up for five girls getting along and telling each other, you look beautiful. Oh, you look beautiful. It's not like that. So um, I'm a pretty smart girl. Um, and I knew what I was signing up for. Um, hence, what I didn't understand or what I didn't like about being um, on reality TV was the producers had a lot to do with the editing. And so manufactured storylines and fake editing and all that selective, all that fake baloney that's happening today that you see in actual real news stations was happening. And you, you understand that that's part of reality TV. So now we're moving along and I find a girl on the show that, guess what? We didn't have a connection or chemistry. How about that? That's wonderful. Especially if you're creating a reality show, you want a little bit of a, you know, oh, these two girls really don't like each other. Well, you had it. Um, I did not like uh, Margaret. I was appalled by her. I found her to be vulgar. And when you're not getting along with somebody and, you know, the producers and they, they want to split up people and three to three or three to two or whatever it is, I wasn't that concerned about who was taking my side and who was not. And the whole time when I was soggy on that show, I wasn't crying because I couldn't handle myself with the girls. That was easy. I was soggy because I couldn't believe for eight hours a day, five days a week, I had to deal with production and what was happening behind the scenes, which was horrific. It was a hostile work environment and I hated every second of it. Now, I know why that was happening because I'm a proud Trump supporter and a conservative, but let's not even go into that. Let's go into the fact that you're not getting, you're not getting along with a girl on the show and you bicker back and forth. You're this, you're soggy, you're this, you put pot on your pot, whatever it is. It was, it was disgusting, but 
when you're um, at one point, we said, okay, let's just put bygones, bygones. Let's just make up. Let's just put it away. Following day, we have a scene together and we're talking about Kim D, who Margaret did not know at the time. And we're talking about going to her charity event, Dolores and I. And Margaret says, well, you know, something in reference to Hitler. Hitler wouldn't have killed me. Does that make him a good person? Now, a lot of people thought, oh, how could Siggy get upset about that? Are you kidding? I'm the only Jew in the room. And when she looks at somebody she just made up with, instead of maybe being a little bit kinder, Hitler is on her mind when looking at me. Well, I was going to have none of it. And I stood up and I fought and I, uh, I did what I had to do. And I would do it all over again, all over again. And it just shows, shows you when you stand for something in life, the gifts that God gives you in return. I would do it all over again. I would not back down from doing it. I said what I had to say, and I'm going to say it, that if on Housewives of Atlanta, if somebody was to reference the KKK to somebody like Portia, and that person was a, a white, white girl saying that, oh, the media would have gone crazy. Oh, it's racism. How could she reference the KKK? They're in a fight. But turn it around. When somebody references Hitler to a Jew, Oh, stop complaining, you little princess. What do you have to complain about? Well, I complained. I would do it all over again, and I'm very proud of that. My parents are proud. My husband's proud. My children are proud. And um, never, never will I back down from that. And from that, the most fabulous career started. So the reason we're doing this show at this particular point is because there are headlines every day about the reality shows, the Real Housewives in particular. It happened in Dallas with Asian hate. It's happening on Beverly Hills with the Asian hate. And every white girl is getting criticized. But it's really happening on the New York Housewives where Black Lives Matter and education lessons, the way, you know, the Black version is happening the ratings are plummeting. Uh, there is there are calls for firings, recastings. Well, and- you don't. Mm-hmm. Americans are sick of the bullshit. If you don't mind me saying, they're sick of the phony. They're sick of the baloney. Please, okay. Um, they're what what they're doing, what social media is doing, what the fake news is doing is trying to divide the country based upon the fact that they're trying to turn us into a communist socialist country. Let's cut the baloney and get right to the point. We have a very big problem. We are losing America. It's not on me. I go to sleep like a baby. I'm 54 years old. I don't have any wrinkles on my face. I'm telling you, shame on you, because karma, when it comes knocking on your door and you turned away from your people, it's on you. You make a lot of money. You cashing in like dividing the country like that. It's it's a shame what's happening to America. It really is. And it bothers me because as a legal immigrant, I love this country and I will not turn my back on America. And I can't be bought and sold, which is why I could speak like this. You know, it's easy for me to speak like this, Cindy, because. This is probably going to be my last interview. I've been disabled from Facebook. Yes. And I'm waiting for Instagram to disable me any day now. I mean, I'm actually looking forward to it. It means that I was a patriot and I did a phenomenal job defending the Constitution and sticking up for America. So what if Andy Cohn called you? 
he watched, he listened to this. He's been watching you on, on TV. You are in the headlines with the lawsuit. What if he said, you know, Siggy, we need your voice back in Housewives. Would you go back? Absolutely not. What First if he all- said to you, what if he said to you, Siggy, what if we discussed and brought anti-Semitism to the forefront Michael, of the story? Well, hold on, Michael, you want to you answer that? I can answer that. It's never happening. No. It's never happening. No. Okay. He, the, the, the point is, and I don't want to sound cocky because I want to just say that during my time on Bravo, Andy Cohen was not, nothing but nice to me. Nothing but a, a gentleman and nothing, even though we don't agree, uh, we have different political views. I can't say anything about Bravo the 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 headquarters because everybody at Bravo was always great to me. Andy Cohen was always very nice to me. I had a problem with the production company. I had a problem with the people who were out there who were slicing and dicing five hours of footage and showing you one minute of footage. So let me just put it out there. The reason why I would never do reality TV anymore is because I can't do fake TV. My husband will not allow it. My children will not allow it. I can't be there because a Cindy, and I know that this is going to sound cocky, but I'm just being, there's no filter. What would I need it? I already have the fame and I already have money. So what would be, what would be the goal for me? If I know that there's no guarantees that what really is being filmed is really is what going to be shown to the public. Why would I ever put myself in that position again? I'm good raw. No edit, just like I am right now. And I'm going to say things right now that are going to piss off people or make people happy or say she's funny, she's authentic, she's a snob, whatever you want to say. But at least it's it's the real me. You can't edit this. I can't be somewhere where they're going to edit, where, where, where I have to take a risk that the person who's going to edit me is going to be a liberal and they're going to be very upset with my conservative views and that I am a fan, a huge fan of my president, Donald John Trump. I am just so lucky to have Siggy Flicker call me her friend because her story is great. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I always enjoy listening to Cindy's Celebrity Corner with Cindy Gross. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I want to have a little bit of a different closing tonight. I do want to add in my few uh, remarks about what was discussed with both of these housewives because it is very important to realize that both of them were successful businesswomen and family women, daughters, wives, mothers, friends, neighbors before the housewives. And they both have proven that they are very happy after housewives. They also are not the only housewives who want to discuss what is going on and as we speak, I received an email that there are rumors that today, in fact, there is going to be an overhaul of all of the housewife shows on Bravo because of what's going on and because of what is happening on the other shows in regards to some of the legal issues, which we will not name here. Neither one of these stars have been reported to be involved in any kind of legal issue that really hurts anyone. But 
they feel their audiences have been hurt by what has been going on. They enjoy life. I know because I have been with both of them. And I've been with Siggy, with Kim D as well. These girls are fun. They're ageless in their fun. They know what's trendy. They know where to go. And they enjoy life and they share it with you. They share it a lot on their social media. And they share it a lot through coming on tonight and speaking. It wasn't easy for each one of them to come on because you know that they are going to get a lot of negative reaction just as much as they're going to get a lot of positive reaction. But what we have to do is support them and to support others that speak out on behalf of entertainment, on behalf of all voices speaking out, and on behalf of making sure that our television, our movies, our live theater, our radio doesn't become a 24-7 opinionated attack on people we disagree with. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And I hope to hear from you your thoughts. Please write to me via my email that you can get through my website. And I do respond to messages through my social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I will tell you that I know in the month of August, we're going to have other housewives on here as guests, speaking up on their opinions and their thoughts. Not to hurt anybody or attack anyone, but to let them know at Bravo and anywhere else in the entertainment world that we will not ignore our feelings and we will be heard. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the TalkLine Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.